Today, here on Cincy Business Talk with Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. We'll be talking to business leaders about how they have grown their businesses and people. We discuss new strategies, tactics, and philosophies which lead to positive growth in our marketplace. Our program is sponsored by Sandler Training by Roth & Associates. Each week, we'll talk with our best Cincinnati area top executives about their tools and insights. Our regular listeners will be given the edge that will help them win in a competitive environment which we live. Simple solutions to complex problems which challenge all of us are rarely correct. We will address complex problems or opportunities with appropriate solutions. If you have questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400. Now your host, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer, Mike Roth. Thanks, Scott. This is Mike Roth. I'm here today with Kedrick Fitzgerald. Say hi. Oh, thanks for having me, Mike. If you, uh, before we get started, uh, let me tell our listeners about a couple of Sandler programs that are coming up uh, next week on the 29th uh, here in Eastgate. We're going to have a two-hour uh, briefing on the new Sandler Enterprise Selling System. We're going to talk about some of the strategies and tactics to make the business more profitable. We'll talk about the six stages and some of the 13 tools. This is a program for people who are engaged in complex sales where the pursuit of the opportunity is terribly expensive and the keeping of an account long after uh, the the account is won is a critical piece of their business plan year in, year out. And you can call Brittany on 513-753-9400, extension 106, to make a reservation for that or any of the other programs I'm going to talk about in a second. Prospecting the Sandler Way. We're going to do that one on November 11th. We're going to do that one up in the Blue Ash area at our uh, new training center. If you're in a position in sales where you're required to get new business, prospecting might be something you have to do. You might actually have to pick up the phone and call people. We're going to talk about the telephone methodology in Sandler, uh, the Sandler book, Prospect the Sandler Way. And we're going to demonstrate that. We may even actually make a few live cold calls. That's always fun. We will have lunch with that program. And uh, the cost of that for non-Presidents Club members is $19. It's free if you're a Presidents Club member, but only if you have a reservation. On November 19th, we're going to have a all day from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Sandler Enterprise Selling System program, where we're going to take you through all six stages of the Sandler enterprise selling system, and we're going to take you through all 13 of the tools. There'll probably be enough time to spend a lot of time on a couple of the most important ones, the Pursuit Navigator, first to figure out how much your probability of winning a deal is two years before you just determine whether you won or lost. The second tool is called the Care Tool. Care means accounts that you want to keep. You currently have, how do you keep those accounts. A is accounts that you'd like to attain. You don't have them now. You're working on things you have to do to attain the accounts. R, Kedrick, can you uh, think of what R might mean? Research and development. No, those are accounts that you have now that we want to reject. Reject. Okay. I'm sure you don't have any uh, high cost accounts. We have a few. 
yeah. with you. And there are some accounts we do reject. Yes. Even though you've had them for a year, it's time to let them go. Absolutely. Yeah, we've had accounts like that here too. And the E is expand. That's where you want to get a bigger wallet share from that client. You want to make more money with that client. Sure. Yeah, more services that you can offer. So that's what the care tool is all about. And on Wednesday, the 18th of November, and the second day for that uh, Sandler two-day boot camp is December 16th, uh, we're going to take people through the Sandler Foundations, how to use the Sandler system to close more business faster. And it even works for telemarketers. For those people in President's Club, there is a new Sandler President's Club calendar dated November 1st, and uh, you can look online for that. Okay, let me uh, tell our, our audience, Kendrick, about you. Uh, under, under Kendrick's leadership, Legend Webworks has grown from a small startup group to one of the top 10 web design firms in the tri-state region, as reported by the prestigious Cincinnati Business Courier, Book of Lists for 2010, 2011, 2012, 2013, 2014, 2015. That's quite an accomplishment. Yeah, we're pretty proud of it. Uh, how much extra did you have to pay the business courier to get all the years? <laughs> uh, nothing, but we ask them for a free edition every year. So. Oh, okay, that's good. Uh, do you go to the Book of Lists party? We do. Funny, I've gone for the last couple of years. I never met you there. I'm, I'm usually hiding in the back. Hiding in the back. Yeah. Okay. Uh, during the past 13 years, uh, under uh, Kedrick's leadership, Legend Webworks uh, has served businesses from small startups to major corporations. They support clients in more than 40 cities throughout North America, including over 500 local accounts in our home market of Cincinnati. Legend Webworks is dedicated to creating a website that is useful and effective for their business clients. From, from the time your, a site goes live to the ongoing evolution of a site, uh, Legend Webworks are, are always there to help clients maintain an outstanding presence on the web. That's uh, quite a bio. Let me ask a dumb question. Sure. Maybe it's not a dumb question. Uh, how did you decide to get into the business of creating websites for business? Well, that's really interesting. Uh, my background is software engineering. And um, like most people in college, I school for. I went to school for physics. I was going to be a nuclear physicist. I have a minor in uh, mathematics and chemistry. But I needed to get a job when I bought my first house. And I got a job as a software engineer um, in Atlanta. And I did that for a number of years. And then went through the dot-com bubble back in 1999, 2000. Mm, I remember and, that. Oh, yeah. And decided it was probably time to strike out on my own. And um, so I started Legend Webworks. And I was in software. And websites seemed to be a natural evolution of that because websites are software. Um, mm -hmm. They're just software that looks good. Mm -hmm. And they always change by the standards changing. The standards are changing uh, almost quarterly. Um, you know, this year in April, Google uh, made the mandate that you have to have a mobile presence. And if you don't, your traffic on um, mobile devices is going to drop uh, pretty, uh, pretty significantly. And I don't know if a lot of people know this, but back in June of 2014, mobile device traffic exceeded desktop traffic for the first time in history. Hmm. And that trend is going to continue. So uh, it changes all the time. Yeah, I know we're going through a, a mate. Two major reworks on the the Sandler websites. Mm -hmm. 
our existing sitelets have been upgraded to mobile compatibility. Right. And probably before the end of uh, March, the entire Sandler system will be converted to a, uh, I'm going to call it a Drupal-based. Drupal. Drupal. Probably Drupal-based, which Drupal is a content management solution. It's open source. Yeah, so. and they're using some company out of Germany for the uh, transition, which actually has not gone very fast or very well. Sure. Well, we call that scope creep. Scope. Um, it's a, coming in uh, on budget and under time in software is quite a bit of a challenge. Yeah, they left out a lot of capabilities that we were using in the old world. Right. And the uh, Sandler corporate site, which didn't use those same things, that came online months ago. Sure. Uh, but the uh, Sandler site, that's like mine at RothConsulting.net, mm -hmm. we're still down on the, uh, on the old site. Why don't you uh, tell our listeners, uh, Kedrick, a little bit about how you get new legend. Sure. Well, you know, early on, we had to do a lot of cold calling early on. And the cold calling in the web design market is pretty, uh, pretty difficult because, as you guys know, you probably get 15 emails a day. First page of Google, I can do your website for nothing. It's easy. It's free, yada, yada, yada. What we found works best for our business um, is networking in person. And that worked foundationally here in Cincinnati. And that's how we grew our market from essentially zero mm -hmm. in Cincinnati when I opened in 2012 in Cincinnati. And I'm sorry, it was um, 2005 when we opened our office here in Cincinnati. And then we grew to over 500 clients via networking. What we find now is because we support such a broad client base and we have a human face, i.e. when you call the office, you will get a person, you will get a project manager. You're, you're not a number. Mm -hmm. You're a person. We're a small business. We want to take care of these small businesses. But most of our uh, new business comes through referrals. They see a website that we've done in Denver, Colorado. And I have a guy from Maryland call us up and say, I love his website. I'd love to work with you guys um, on a website here in Maryland. We do one in Maryland. And then someone in Atlanta, Georgia will see that and call us. And that's the beauty of the web. Um, I'm all over the globe from the standpoint of marketing. So do you brands, brand each one of your sites so a, uh, a user on my site will see that you were the web developer on that site? That's correct. In the footer of all the websites, we, we put, um, you know, designed by Legend Webworks. And that's a, that's a common thing to do in our industry, um, so you know who did the work. Okay. Good. There are, you know, it seems like there are thousands of vendors for, for websites from all over the world. Absolutely. You know, the, uh, Columbus was wrong. The world really is flat today. Right. <laughs> we, we, we all compete with, with everyone all over. Uh, so why do people buy from Legend Webworks? Well, it's pretty simple. Uh, customer service. Anybody can build a website. Uh, the technology is getting easier and easier. Um, but when it comes down to customer support, I think we're the best in the business. Like I said, you call us, you're going to get a person on the phone. My project manager worked till 1030 last night because he takes care of his clients. Mm -hmm. um, we've had clients have issues over the weekend. I had a client recently who lost a domain name um, because a provider had lost it, had let it lapse. Mm -hmm. um, they called us, and we come in, and we perform the service to take care of it. And we do it in person. Mm -hmm. um, and we're right here in the Midwest, so we can serve clients on the West Coast just as easily as we can on the East Coast. Mm -hmm. um, How many employees do you have? Twelve, full-time. Twelve, full-time. And we don't use contractors. Um, all full-time employees. That's great. Uh, 
We're going to take a uh, commercial break here, uh, but uh, Kendrick has agreed to take calls from our audience. So I probably should ask one more question before we take a break. Sure. Uh, the call-in number is, as usual, uh, 646-595-4916. Um, let me ask uh, this question. So you, most of your business comes from referrals and this from this footer on your on your head on your websites that's correct okay uh do you have inside salespeople that, the, that they talk to we do um i have one full-time salesperson mm -hmm. um, his name is cj knapp he's the director of business development mm -hmm. and um he's in charge of taking care of new clients but also following up with our old clients periodically making sure their needs are met letting them be aware of any changes in the marketplace that they need to be aware of um, such as the mobile website. You know, we called all of our clients back in April and said, look, you need to have a mobile site if you want to remain relevant for Google searches on mobile devices, and we try to serve those needs. Mm -hmm. Good. We're going to take a, a short commercial break here, listen to a couple of Sandler commercials, and we'll be back in about two minutes. This is Mike Roth with Sandler Training, finding power and reinforcement. Are you tired of prospects saying, I want to think it over? Are you tired of being an unpaid consultant? Call me at 513-646-6523 on the web at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. Many salespeople tell us business was really easy. They likened it to gathering fruit in an orchard full of ripe trees. They gathered the low-hanging fruit. They had to get baskets to pick up the fruit that was already fallen. They never had to climb a tree. They worked this way for 10 or 15 years. Given the strong economy, this was no problem. What are you hearing now? The economy has slowed down. Salespeople are competing on price. There's still business now, but salespeople have to work harder. The fruit has not fallen from the tree, and there's no low-hanging fruit. The fruit is there, but it's higher up in the tree. The problem is their salespeople have forgotten how to climb. Do your salespeople know how to climb? If you or your team needs to learn how to climb through and up out of tough economic times, call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced Sandler trainer. At the first sign of trouble, there are three types of business leader. The first type of leader is like a turtle. He pulls his head and tail in and hides in his shell. Turtles hunker down, just trying to survive. The second type of leader is an opportunist. They're like eagles. Eagles spread their wings and take advantage of the winds. They catch the storm wind and rise to new heights. The third group, between turtles and eagles, are called turkeys. Turkeys are average and anxious. They huddle together and move. They never saw. However, turkeys are easy prey for those who seize the opportunity and soar. If someone in your industry goes out of business, are you going to get the business? The question is, which type of leader are you? Will you seize the opportunities to take market share and grow, or will your fate be like the turkeys? If you're serious about growth, call me to arrange a confidential meeting, 513-646-6523, or check our website at rothconsulting.net. This is Mike Roth and Kendrick Fitzgerald. Uh, we're talking about his company, Legend Webworks. At Legend, do you guys have a long-term strategic plan? We do. Um, mostly we want to increase, obviously, our market share. 
and websites, but we have other areas of technology that we're developing. Um, one of our more exciting areas is school districts. We've done six local school districts so far and are hoping to branch out uh, beyond the, uh, the Cincinnati area in that realm. Okay, so when you say do a school district website, sure, is it a brochure type or is it something that's functional with grades and attendance and homework? It's, it's fully interactive. Um, you know, it's interactive from the standpoint of it, it allows you to send information about uh, scheduling, calendars, menus, things like that out to the general public. It also allows parents to log in, uh, look at their, their students' grades. A lot of what we do is integrate uh, third-party programs into the website um, because there are people out there that do it really well. Um, things like Progress Link, Pay For It, um, Edline, other software programs like that will integrate into the website. So, And any parents who have kids in school today, they know what that is. They know what those are. My kids are a long time out of school. I don't know what any of right. that was. Right. It's all online now. It's really amazing. You can check your kids' grades online. Um, you can check progress reports, uh, pretty much uh, anything you want. Mm -hmm. Do you update the long-term plan every year or once every two, three years? Or what we, do. we review it every year. Um, you know, a lot of it has to do with budgeting. I mean, this market changes pretty quickly. Um, so we'll look at our budget uh, and decide where we need to grow, look at areas where we're weak, and make changes. So, mm -hmm. Good. Uh, what do you think the long-term uh, opportunities and possibilities are for a, comp a, reg a regional company, but a small company here in Cincinnati in, in web development? Sure, I, I think the possibilities are huge. The, the market is much larger than the vendors to support it at this point. I mean, it's it's not even close to being saturated. Um, you know, we, we're a smaller company. We're sort of a family-driven company. We want to make a good living, but also maintain our lifestyle. You know, mm -hmm. it's very important for us to have work-life balance. A lot of us have families. Um, so for someone like me, it's it's pretty easy to uh, to get the market share we need and maintain it from that perspective. If you're looking to grow really, really large, um, that opportunity is there as well. Um, it just might be a little more work than uh, than a healthy marriage and, and, and family would allow. <laughs> uh, lots of times, entrepreneurial companies like yours grow to a certain level and then they uh, sell out to a larger uh, national or public company. Sure. Is that, do you see that in your future or do you see yourself as the acquirer? You know, that's an interesting question. I, I think that if I ever decided to sell my company, I would give my, uh, the people that I work with the opportunity to buy it first. Um, because like I said, we have a lot of families. We have 12 full-time employees, but there are 41 people that depend on this business. And it really, it's interesting because when I started my own business, I thought I'm going to make a lot of money and that's why I'm here. Mm -hmm. And now I'm 13 years into it and I say, yeah, I want to make a lot of money, but I also want to take care of the people that are taking care of me. And it's become a community thing, um, which is really interesting. I never expected that. Um, so I would, I would be hesitant to give up this community and this culture that we built and the relationships in house because they're very important to all of us. Mm -hmm. So it sounds like you retain most of the employees that you have. We do. Okay, so do you have any turnover every year? Um, you know, we for a while we had about 10% turnover, um, but we haven't had, we got a new salesperson in this year, and that was the only turnover we had this year, but I have a lot of employees who have been with me for six, seven years, mm -hmm. um, and we call them lifers. 
you know, once, once they're married, they settle down and have kids. I don't think they ever want to leave because we try to be flexible for families. Mm-hmm. Uh, my director of operations has seven children. I have a project manager who has five children. Um, so we're, they're staying in place. They don't want to go anywhere. And, and quite honestly, I, I, I really appreciate that I get to um, create a culture that has a kind of flexibility that allows a home life in addition to the professional life. And that's, that's very meaningful for me. Are you thinking of adding anyone to your company in the next 12 months? Um, not at this point. You know, we're, we're pretty full up. I would say over the next three years, we'll probably add at least one more project management team, which would be two people and possibly another salesperson, depending on how quickly um, we grow. Okay. Since, since I'm in the sales business, right. uh, let me ask you this question because you brought it up earlier sure. that we all, we're all getting these emails from whether it's the Philippines or Eastern Europe about they have teams there that can do websites cost effectively for 20 cents on the dollar. They can do it. That's right. What's wrong with that deal as a professional? Well, it, you know, have you ever heard the term? Of course you have. If it sounds too good to be true, it probably is. Um, when someone's creating a website for you, it is more than just technology. You have to have, you have to have a cultural perspective of the people that you're selling to. You know, a good a good example would be here. We say elevator in Britain. They might say lift. Yes. Uh, flashlight versus torch, that kind of thing. And I think that unless you've grown up in this culture, and you have an understanding of it, things can be lost in translation. Um, and I'm sure you've all seen it when we see things translated. They just don't quite work right. Mm-hmm. Now, if you have a global market and you're marketing to Eastern Europe or you're marketing to Indonesia or India, that would probably be a better route to go. Um, but if you're marketing to, you know, American consumers, American consumers in Cincinnati, what would happen if you attempted to have the website done in Asia, India? Have well, you ever, ever run into that where a customer had one of those and asked you to fix it? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And here's what I would tell you is, is they may very well do a good job, um, but are they going to do the best job for you and your market? Uh, the other thing I tell people is that, you know, I live here, so I, I have a, a strong stake in making sure that I maintain my business presence, that I maintain my business reputation. And my clients, they aren't just numbers to me. Mm-hmm. These are people who have families. A lot of them are small businesses. We do work with some larger corporations, but a lot of them have uh, families of their own. It's important for us to take care of them the way we would want to be taken care of. Okay. Plus they can come into my office and yell at me if I do something wrong. So, okay. <laughs> do you, in designing a website for a company, do you act, you guys actually go out to the client site to understand what they're looking for? We do. If they like us, they like us to. Absolutely. Um, we do encourage restaurants to bring us free, free food. Um, okay. If you do some kind of desserts, bring those in. That's always a big plus. Um, we're working on a large manufacturing site right now, a website for a client. Mm-hmm. And um, we did send the designers up to go look at the factory because they need to do that. They need to know um, what kind of culture, what kind of feel does that business have because that should be reflected on the web. Um, one of the clients we just finished is Delicio Pizza. They're coal-fired pizza out of Blue Ash. Really good pizza. I sent my guys down for lunch. And uh, yeah, it was a great motivator for them, but I feel like they really... Um, they really did a good job of making the website reflect the culture that Delicio was trying to uh, trying to convey. What is uh, what Legend WebWorks position on videos on websites? 
I think videos, and that's a great question because Delicio Pizza actually has a video on their homepage. When you go to it, it'll play that video um, as, as part of the intro. I think videos are very effective within reason. Don't, don't make them, um, don't, make, don't turn the sound way up and have it just come on and not allow people to have the choice. I mean, if you're at work, you don't want to pull up a website and have this loud video start playing. Yeah, I've, um, I've noticed some of those where someone starts talking to you as soon as you click to the website. Right, that can be embarrassing. Um, we tell people when you're doing videos, you want to stream them through YouTube or Vimeo. That gives you another avenue to draw traffic to your website and, um, and make them click to play. Now, the one we do at Delicia doesn't have sound, um, so it's appropriate for the homepage, and it fills a large portion of the homepage. How long should the video be? Oh, I wouldn't, personally, I wouldn't do them more than half a minute, 30 seconds. Mm -hmm. You know, and if you're doing it, if you're doing a homepage like Delicia does, we just, we just run it in a loop. So, and without looking at it here, it's just like a pizza cooking or something? Absolutely. It shows you your food. It shows the process of them cooking. Uh, it's a coal-fired oven, which is, which is sort of a, uh, that's a new idea, I think, in pizza. You mean, you mean like West Virginia coal? That's right. That's right. Yeah. Not wood. It's not wood. It's not, not wood. Gas. It's coal fired. It, coal fired. It has a different taste. It's actually pretty good. Oh, so that's interesting. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's that's a great angle. Uh, again, uh, Kendrick has agreed to take callers from the audience. Uh, you, you can call in and we'll screen the callers during the commercial break on uh, 595 one six. I'm not even sure if I said that number right. Six four six five nine five four nine one six. We got time for a couple more questions here. Uh, what do you think people should be looking for in evaluating web development companies if they know they need a new website? Mm -hmm. You know, the last website was built by the thirteen-year-old son of the company owner. Right, the cousin or the company owner. Right, right. First thing, make sure they have a brick and mortar location. You don't want a contractor who's working out of his basement and he's moonlighting in his real job. Go to their offices, see who they are, meet their people. Make sure they have more than one designer on staff. You know, if you have one person trying to create a website, that just doesn't work. Every website we create has a project manager, a web designer, a software engineer. Um, and you need those three people to make sure that it works right, communicates properly, and is managed properly. Um, I would definitely get a list of testimonials from them and call clients for references and make sure that they came in under budget and on time because uh, you can't afford scope creep. You know, mm -hmm. You've got to make sure that it's done properly. How long does it take to, to do an average website? For us, there is such a thing. Oh, average website. Well, no, they're average websites. Um, I would say um, for us, it's generally six to eight weeks, and that's usually because we're waiting on the client. I have done them in 24 hours before. Um, I had a client who, I know that's not fun. It's not fun. Sounds painful. Have done it. I had a client who had um, ticket sales opening and their website was pulled down um, by another vendor and was not put back up. And they had to have it up by the weekend. So we got it up and they got 50,000 ticket sales over the weekend. I imagine there's a premium on <laughs> expedited delivery. Sometimes there can be. Absolutely. Absolutely. But it was a long night, but we got it done. But generally six to eight weeks is reasonable for us. Um, for other firms, it might be longer, it might be shorter. How should people budget for a new website? Well, that's a great question. Um, most websites you're probably looking at between five and $7,000, depending on um, what kind of functionality you want. With us, the setup fee is $750. Um, if you look at uh, Cincinnati Nature Center, 
That's a great client that we did. That was a $750 setup. Our model's different. We make our money not on the upfront fee um, because we like to say we are not fire and forget. We want a long-term relationship. And we charge either $35 a month or $65 a month for the website, uh, depending on your service need. Uh, clients like it because they're not spending a lot of money up front. Oh, I'm a little confused. Yeah. Okay. So there's a setup fee for a new website of $750. That is right. That's that's one time up front. Correct. And then every month that the website is up, $35 or $65. Correct. No, which one? I'm confused. Sure. Um, the $35 is if you just want hosting and domain name, we have to pay uh, a data center to host the website on a server for people to see your website. So there's a cost there. That data center needs to be um, you know, maintained online and whatnot. If you want to have content management tools and email, it's $65 a month. And um, content management allows you to update the software yourself to go in and change pictures out, upload videos, uh, PDFs, things like that. But there's a lot more that goes into supporting a website. Recently, we did a PHP update on all of our servers. Um, our clients don't see those pieces, but those are the pieces that allow their websites to maintain, uh, to stay up, to may be current, and to be used by the public. So, Good. Uh, are there any particular uh, hosting companies that you, you use, or do you spread that around? No, we, um, we actually use one hosting company out of Boston, Massachusetts. Um, we don't advertise it. They're a great hosting company. They are not taking on any new clients. We're one of their largest. Um, in 13 years, I have had cumulatively about half an hour of downtime, which is phenomenal. Oh, that's pretty good. They are a tier five data center. They have what are called five, nine up times. Tier five. Most people don't understand that. Can you explain that? Sure. Yeah. A tier four data center is the best of the best. And basically it means that they guarantee that, that our websites will remain online 99.995% of the time. When Sandy hit Boston, our center did not go down. Um, and we also have redundancy in Germany and Hong Kong. So um, we just do not go down, period. Okay, so that's four or five. It's, it's, actually, it's actually five. I threw in the 5% because it's 99.99. They call it a tier four data center, which means they need to have at least 99.99% uptime, mm -hmm. but their rate is 99.995. Um, and that's really important. At one point, our largest e-commerce client was doing about $40 million a year. And $100,000 a day, you, you really can't have the website go down. Good. Again, if you have any questions for Kedrick, the number is 646-595-4916. Let's listen to a San LaRule if it wants to uh, cooperate with us today. Let's see. Let's listen to San LaRule number 44. to talk about rule 44. If your foot hurts, you're probably standing on your own toe. Here's an example. You go through your proposal with a prospect. Everything looks great. Your prospect is responding in a positive fashion to the information that you brought to the table. Um, everyone feels good. You wrap up and move forward for the order only to find that the prospect says that they have to take your information to a committee. At this point, you can get angry with the prospect. Why didn't they bring that up? Why didn't they tell you that they were going to have to take this information to somebody else before they could make a decision? Well, 
it's your job to ask the right questions to uncover roadblocks and potential problems ahead of time so that you don't find yourself scrambling at a future date when it's already too late. So take responsibility when the prospect brings up new problems and challenges. If you ask the right questions ahead of time, you can diffuse a situation before it's too Second. late. And next time you're faced with the situation, the results will be positive. Company owners and sales managers, are you tired of cutting your price to get the deal? Wouldn't you like to have a better way? Wouldn't you want to improve your margins? Call me, Mike Roth, at 513-646-6523 to see if there's a better way for you. This is Mike Roth. I'm back with Kedrick Fitzgerald of Legend Webworks. Uh, Kedrick, you've been leading the company for, what, 13 years? 13 years. 13 years. Perhaps you could give our listeners a leadership tip that you've learned from your 13 years of experience as a leader. Absolutely. Uh, first, lead by example. Don't ask people to do something you haven't done yourself. And be very proactive with employees. If someone's not doing something right, uh, don't tiptoe around their personality. Just sit them down, tell them what they need to change, give them an opportunity to change it. Um, I found that as the best way to motivate people. Mm -hmm. That's great. Uh, we have a uh, theory of operation here at, uh, at Sandler that simple solutions to complex problems are invariably wrong. Therefore, if you're going to solve a complex problem, you need to have an equally complex solution. Perhaps you could share with our listeners a complex problem that you had that you came up with a complex solution that might be transferable to another industry. Sure, that's a good one. Let me, uh, let me think about that just for a moment. Technical or interpersonal? Uh, interpersonal will probably be more transferable, don't you think? Let's do interpersonal. That's a really good one. One of my top project managers uh, let me know late last year that she was pregnant with triplets. They weren't trying. It's a one in 10,000 chance. So, you know, welcome to my life. Lucky. And absolutely. I was super lucky. And uh, she's a critical component of the, of the business. And um, we had to figure out a way that she could have her triplets take six months off and be able to come back and reintegrate into the business. And um, we had to juggle time a little bit. We spread out the uh, uh, and from the standpoint of time, what we did was we, we spread out her responsibilities between the four other project managers on staff. Um, we set up a timeline for her where she could log in and do work periodically. So she was still integrated into the culture over a period of time. And then we're in the process of reintegrating her back in, as a full-time employee. And uh, it's been great for us. I um, have someone that I will hopefully work with for life. Mm -hmm. Because how many companies are going to take care of you when you have triplets and you say, look, I've got to be out for six months and then part-time for another six months. Um, it has been challenging for the rest of us who are covering for her, um, but I find that adversity tends to bring people closer together. Um, and as a team, our guys have really gotten a lot closer because of Jen having the triplets and all the other people who have families who are involved in supporting her um, while she comes back. Well, that's a great story. Yeah, that's a great story. Much better than, in quotation marks, technical. Technical, right? <laughs> I think everyone can relate to that. Right. Absolutely. Um, so, on the web, on your own website, just out of curiosity, what language did you write of it? 
Oh, that's great. Um, CSS and PHP with a MySQL backend for the database. We run off a Linux machine in our data center. Um, it's solid. It's stable. It's scalable. Um, all your larger firms like Google and Yahoo use the, the same technology. How often do you update your own website? Well, you know, our website should be updated weekly. I will confess that we get pretty busy taking care of our clients, and it's sort of the cobbler has no shoes thing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, our current website right now is about six years old, which is an age in our industry. Um, but the reality is we get so much business coming in mm -hmm. that we're busy working on other people's sites. And I've been shown the new website several times, and they know they have to get approval from me, but my clients are more important than me right now. So, okay, so it's a case, another case of the uh, cobbler's uh, children not having shoes. Absolutely, and I'd, I'd much rather be that way. So, okay, that's good. Uh, the you mentioned earlier that uh, Google is uh, favoring mobile device friendly internet websites. That is right. Uh, what are the consequences of this? Besides lower traffic for uh, PC-based websites. Well, yeah, we're, Google, we're a Google certified partner, and that means that Google keeps us in the loop on these things. And what they're telling us is that if you do not have a mobile-friendly website, either responsive design or standalone mobile device or a standalone mobile site for mobile devices, you simply won't show higher on the search rankings. And um, why higher, is that? Higher than what? Higher than everyone who has one. Oh, so you can go way down. It's a huge hit. It's an absolute huge hit, and it is a requirement on their end now. Um, businesses can rise or fall based on their search engine rankings. That's just the reality we live in, especially for business to consumer. So there could be a significant monetary penalty for a website that is, in terms of lead generation, correct, that is not mobile compliant. That's right. If you're not mobile compliant, you will take a significant hit. You may not see it right away, but I guarantee you it's going to happen. I mean, you look at Google, Yahoo, and Bing, you're talking about 95% of all searches on the web. My wife and I, we don't even go to a new restaurant without looking them up on the web. And if I look up Chinese restaurants or Thai restaurants on the web, and you're not mobile friendly, but your competitor is, they're going to come up above you. And I will tell you that from my perspective, I don't even look past page three. If it's not on page one or two, you, you, get, you, you get to page two. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay. It depends on how bad the websites are. Okay. Because that's the second criteria. Even if you show up well in the search engines, if your website's bad, um, I used to have this joke. I said, look, the only thing worse than not having a website is having a bad website because they know they definitely don't want to use you when they see it. Mm. Yeah. We, uh, we used uh, Inc. Magazine's website today to look for the story about uh, me and, and Inc. Magazine from right. uh, about five years ago. And the, the search engine inside the Inc. website couldn't pull up an article out of their own magazine that was a few years old. Right. If it was in the last month, it did okay. Sure. That's disappointing. It, it was disappointing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, since it only, there was only one article in Inc. magazine that I know of that featured Mike Roth. <laughs> right. <laughs> so the search intra-site search, search engines. Is that done on a search engine that you guys create, or is that or do you steal something from Google to do that? We use, we use a Google plugin to do that. Um, 
I recognize that there are companies out there that uh, do some things much better than we can do and mm-hmm. always will. So why not partner with them? I don't believe in recreating the wheel. I believe in leveraging technology for our clients in the best way possible. So you said you're, you're a Google certified partner. Yes, we are. How many Google certified partners are there in the Cincinnati area? When we became a certified partner, there were only five. I think there are more now. Mm-hmm. Um, our company is certified, and we have three managers internally who are certified. Now, if you're going to use a company, make sure they have more than one manager that's Google certified. Um, just because you know two heads are better than one, that kind of thing. Uh, which only brings us to the next two, two subjects, uh, which always get brought up. Uh, pay-per-click and uh, content management. Uh, are you, are you, do you guys recommend to your clients to use Google pay-per-click? We do if they're business to consumer and they have a specific need. Um, save yourself a lot of money. Please don't do pay-per-click yourself. You will spend a lot more money and be sorry that you did. Use a company that is Google certified so we can leverage those pay-per-click and get you the best return for your dollar. So do you do pay-per-click for clients? We do. Uh, we're Google certified for AdWords advertising um, as well, and we can manage that for you. Um, I think my guys are very, very good at it. Mm-hmm. And, and for our listeners, tell them what content management would mean. Content management, let's let's say you have a website, and uh, Microsoft, you want to put a picture of this, um, our meeting today on your website. You would be able to do that without calling me and paying me to do it. And uh, our content management tools are pretty simple. If you have been on Facebook and can use Facebook, you'll be able to use our content management tools without any problem. Okay. Uh, Are blogs obsolete or uh, coming up in value or going down in value? Uh, Blogs are very important to the health of your search engine um, placement for your website. Uh, One of the primary criteria that Google uses to judge where to place you online is whether you have current relevant content. One of the easiest ways to do that is to use your blog. One thing we do with our blog technology is we... um, What's the name of that technology again? We call it blog technology. Blog technology, okay. Yeah. And But one of the things we do is we set it up so when you put a blog on your website, we can auto-feed that to Facebook and Twitter for you. um, So you can get the social media outlets as well as um, updating your own website. Oh, that's real good. Uh, Again... This will be the last opportunity after the, the next break. If you want to have, ask a question to Kedrick, the number is 646-595-4916. Here's a change of pace question for you after the technical ones. Sure. Uh, what motivates you, Kedrick, to make tough decisions? The health of my business. And, and what I mean is... Uh, when when my employees have children and they come over for the all my most of my employees have children now, but when they come over for our company picnic every July, I'm reminded that if I don't make the right tough decisions for the business and the business fails, all of the people that are on my back patio are not going to be able to make a living, and that's important to me. Um, and it stinks. I hate making some tough decisions. Sometimes we have to let people go. Sometimes we bring new people on. But if I don't make those decisions, I'm going to let a lot of people down, and I have a responsibility to take care of them. So, Good. hey, I appreciate that. Let's listen to a couple of Santa commercials. We'll be back in two minutes. Again, the call-in number is 646-595-4916. 
When you hear about a typical sales training program, does it usually involve a one- or two-day seminar where some alleged guru passes down what he claims are the secrets to making sales? At Roth & Associates, I'm the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. We recognize that truisms and motivating speeches aren't enough to arm sales teams with the tools they need for success. Sales is a hard business. Typical sales training can only provide typical and disappointing results. At Roth & Associates, we use the Sandler methodology of continual reinforcement and ongoing training seminars along with individual coaching to ensure victory in the world of sales. We've been doing it here in Cincinnati for over 15 years. You won't fail because I won't let you. Roth & Associates, 513-646-6523. 513-646-6523. On the web at rothconsulting.net. Finding power in reinforcement. Think about this for a second. You graduate from college and decide on a career in sales. How much of your formal education was focused on sales skills? You know the thing you're about to rely on to make a living. Zero. Hi, this is Mike Roth of Roth & Associates, the most experienced Sandler sales trainer in Cincinnati. Why is selling the only profession that people believe you can just walk in and be successful as long as you have a great personality and a little bit of ambition? No matter how skilled and knowledgeable you are in your field, whether it's finance, technology, or any other, you starve if you can't sell your products or services. For over 15 years, we've been training, coaching, and mentoring business owners and sales professionals who are committed to taking control of their careers. To find out how Sandler Training can make you better, faster, and stronger, register now for our next Lunch and Learn. Call me, Mike Roth, Cincinnati's most experienced sales trainer, at 513-646-6523. Let's talk. 513-646-6523. This is Mike Roth and Kedrick Fitzpatrick. Uh, Kedrick, you wanted to add something to the... Uh tough decision-making question? Oh, sure. Yeah. My, I told my wife when we started dating, I said, here's here's the thing in business about tough decisions. If you have to uh, let someone go, they're gonna they're pretty much going to hate you. If you don't make tough decisions and the business fails, everybody's going to hate you. So you might as well be successful. Because either way, somebody's not going to like you. Good. Uh, we look at business as three components of, of growth, people, process, and strategy. Uh, can you talk for a moment about each one of those three from your perspective? Sure. Um, when we hire people, we look for people who are owners of their jobs. And what I mean is that they, they don't just look at their jobs as something they do. They look at something, at, they look at it as something that is their responsibility. And that's very important to us. We also understand that a certain level of talent is important in our industry, but it can't be the only thing. And one of the things we focus on is creating processes that, don't require a higher level of talent to be productive. Um, and that way our employees can, our employees can produce more. Um, they can do a better job without having to be, have more talent, if mm -hmm. that makes sense. Um, so we're very, very big on process. We're very big on workflow and we're very big on hiring people that own their positions and take responsibilities for their jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, in your industry, uh, do you participate in anything like a uh, a 20 group, a, a peer review group with other web development companies in other parts of the country? You know, we have dabbled with that in the past, mm -hmm. but I'm pretty, I'm pretty uh, insulated from the market at large and we don't do that now. Okay. Uh, how would you say your, comp your company compares to other high performing uh, web companies? A lot of company owners that meet me want to know how we do what we do. 
Um, we generally do 10 to 15 times the volume of most firms our size, um, and they don't understand why, and they don't understand how we can maintain the level of quality that we have. Um, so I have a feeling we compare pretty favorably. Mm -hmm. And your ratings in the business career list? That definitely helps. I mean, that, that certainly helps. And, I, and I, I like having that accolade, but I think that the fact that we've been in business 13 years and we've grown as much as we have over those 13 years is um, that's, that's a more solid reflection of, of how well we've done. What do, you, what do you think your company is really good at? Really, really good at leveraging, that, leveraging technology um, to take care of our clients. I mean, customer service is our number one thing, but from a technical perspective, we're extremely nimble. Mm -hmm. uh, do you see any areas in your company that you think you, you'd like to work on in the next year? Absolutely. Um, I think that we're going to continue to improve our workflow process. I think we're, we've got another 15 to 20% of efficiency we can squeeze out of our system currently. Mm -hmm. I think there are going to be some technical changes that we'll need to make. Uh, some of our database systems that we use internally um, are going to end up being completely web. Right now we have a hybrid. Uh, my background software engineering, I worked on Siebel systems in corporate, so I'm used to working with large um, in-house database systems. But we're going to migrate everything to the web probably over the next two to three years. Part of that is part of uh, a strategy for me to be less involved in the technical side and more involved in just running the business as a whole. Mm -hmm. uh, do you have a vision for your, for your company, uh, its products and services? Sure. You know what I'd really like? I'd like 20 years from now to have uh, the people I work with, they're seeing their kids go to college and we're all making a great living and we're taking care of our families and we love what we do. We have that now. And if I can keep that for the next 15 to 20 years, I would be uh, beyond thrilled. Mm -hmm. um, are there any real changes in your marketing or sales program that you think you should make to ensure long-term success? Right now, we don't have anything major. Um, we bring on the new business. Mm -hmm. he, um, he's doing all the right things. He's making all the right connections. And I think if we maintain that, we'll do well. We just need to change as the technology changes. You know, relationships are foundationally relationships throughout are, are based on human nature. So the relationships, the fundamentals are going to stay the same as the technology that we have to leverage. Mm -hmm. uh, could you tell our listeners what you think the top three things, your own people culture. About our sales call, one, we're not pushy. Because if you have to, if you have to force somebody to come to the dance, you're not going to have a very good time. Two, we want to do what's best for the client. So if we're not a good fit for you, we'll tell you, and we'll find you somebody who is a good fit. And we mm -hmm. do turn down a fair amount of business if we don't think it's a good fit. Um, and three, we like to just be transparent. I tell my sales guys, do what's right for the client today because that's what's right for us long-term. We may lose in the short-term, but we'll win out in the long-term. Mm -hmm. uh, your products and services typically are uh, the most vis visible images of your company. Sure. Uh, what's the message that you're, tr you're trying to send through the websites you designed to your prospective customers? I, I want them to know that work we do is corporate. And, and by that, I mean it is... Uh, top tier work. Mm -hmm. Technically, we're going to stay cutting edge as far as the client wants to be. Mm -hmm. And we're going to make sure that when you build your website, it is going to match the branding and the culture that you want to purvey about your company. Mm -hmm. uh, do you and your company make investments in the community? Absolutely, we do. Um, 
We do work for the Sharemark Shuffle. We do quite a bit of nonprofit work. We're doing a, uh, you know, the Triplets website for Cincinnati. We just pulled them in. We're going to do some work for them, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, anywhere that I can do some work in a nonprofit realm that makes a meaningful change in my community, I'm more than happy to get involved. Mm-hmm. So, you're, uh, do you encourage your people to get involved in nonprofit organizations? Absolutely, I do. And a lot of them are involved in their personal lives through their churches, through other organizations that they're part of. Um, we make sure that they have time to do that. One of my project managers, she does a mission trip every summer. So we make sure that she has time to go do that mission trip and come back and uh, uh, get to work with us. But we're a great believer in the Rotary Club of Cincinnati. Yeah, the Rotarians. Good, good organization. When you have time on a Thursday, come on down. Sure. It, 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 you'll be my guest. And okay. we, do, we do have a uh, prospective member uh, mixer coming up in Over the Rhine in a couple of weeks. Nice. Thank you. Uh, uh, as the CEO, uh, many things drive you, um, outlook, desire, and commitment, uh, commitment mean d- doing whatever it takes, uh, sure. to get the job done. Could you tell our listeners a little bit about your thoughts on those three, uh, outlook, desire, and commitment? Well, I'll tell you about, let's start with commitment. Sure. I've had a lot of mornings uh, early on, especially when I went to the office at 4.30 in the morning. Then I would work till 6 or 7 at night. And I would work through weekends. And that's part of what, what needs to get done when you're starting a business. Um, you know, but as that evolves and that grows and we have more responsibilities, I married my wife, Addie, in uh, 2005. We now have three children. And I am certainly committed to take care of them, but I'm also committed to taking care of the people in my organization. I think if you look at people um, as resources rather than human beings, I think you're missing a big part of having a company. Um, My biggest driver for me is taking care of the people in my family and the people in my business that have been given into my care and in my leadership. And if I can do that, I feel like I'm a successful person. I want to do well financially. We do do well financially, and I'm thankful for that. Um, but I'm not going to lay on my deathbed one day and say, wow, I wish I'd made another million dollars. I'm going to lay on my bed, deathbed and say, you know, it was really great seeing my kids grow up and my friends' kids grow up and seeing how well um, they were taken care of. Uh, that was great. Uh, let me ask you to give a piece of advice to someone you don't know who may be listening uh, at some point in the future. They're a, a corporate America employee could be a small company or a large company. Mm-hmm. And they're thinking of leaving the company and going out and starting their own business. What advice would you give that person? Have a plan. Have a plan. Don't go out and just think it's going to happen. You know, I started uh, with $16,000 in the bank. That's all I had to my name. I had 10 months to yeah. make it work. 10 months. I figured, you know, $1,500 a month, I can live on that. I've got 10 months to make it work. Mm -hmm. And I made a plan. And I went door to door. And I started selling my services. Really? You went door to door? Yes, I did. And, uh, you know, one of my first clients was a TCBY uh, yogurt and a um, company that sold tanning beds and hot tubs. (laughs) But you've got to have a plan and then you need to work it. And don't wait for things to happen. You better make them happen yourself because if you spend time waiting for things to happen, they never will because nothing's easy on you. Your phone won't ring. Yeah. So your advice to the person who's thinking of starting up their own new business is plan on working how many more hours than the 40 they worked for their prior employer? 
Oh, I worked uh, 70 to 80. And for the first 10 years, I wore a tie every day. I'm obviously, I don't, I don't wear a tie every day anymore. Um, but it was not uncommon for my wife and I to work seven days a week. And we would do it sometimes for five or six months at a stretch. Mm-hmm. Because that's just what's required. Because the hard part is making is not just supporting yourself, but making enough money to support someone else. And then you bring on an employee. And the more employees you bring on, the easier the work gets from the standpoint of you're not handling as much. But those first three to five years can be very hard because you have to make not again, like I said, not just enough to support yourself, but enough to bring someone else on because that's a responsibility. You can't just hire somebody if you can't take care of them and provide for them. And then they, in turn, need to take care of and provide for you by doing the best job that they can do. So, good. That's great. I want to thank you for uh, for being on the show today. Sure. And an appreciation for coming on the show. I'm going to give you a copy of one of Sandler's latest books uh, that I wrote the forward to, uh, Transforming Leaders the Sandler Way. Great. Thank that's, you. That's the 52 uh, Lessons in Leadership. Inside the book, you'll find a copy of the current Sandler calendar as well as a million dollars. And uh, I'll spend that. Yeah, it's probably only good in Kentucky. That's awesome. <laughs> Might be Alabama. You never know. Hey, I'm from Georgia. Don't knock it. Hey, you, you could try it down in Georgia. <laughs> I, again, I appreciate you coming in and being on the show today. It's Kedrick. Scott, why don't you take it away to close out the show? Thanks for listening. This program is the property of Sandler Training by Roth & Associates, Inc. The show may be distributed only with written permission and then only in its entirety. If you have any questions or comments, contact Mike at MikeRoth at RothConsulting.net or call Mike at 513-753-9400.